Welcome to The Thought Locker, a podcast that enables personal growth. Okay, so for all you listeners out there, I have the pleasure today of being joined by Claire Inslee from the Vegan Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Claire, thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast. No worries. A pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. So, so Claire is the, the media spokesperson and uh, she's been on a number of you know, radio interviews and is, uh, has a number of posts and, and articles that you've written on places like Spinoff and, and other areas online. And so you're used to sort of talking about this stuff and, and discussing it. And you know, I'm really excited to chat to you today because, you know, I know a lot of the listeners are, are you know, quite open-minded people and, and open to, to hearing about the ideas and, and um, around plant-based eating and uh, have been very, you know, open to articles I've written about that in the past. So the goal today is really just to share some more background and, and hopefully provide people with some tips and advice if they are pondering whether to you know, switch to eating a little bit less meat and, and what that can do for them and, and how to go about doing it. So, Sounds good. So, Claire, maybe the best place to start would be to give us a little bit of background. T- tell us about yourself. Um, well, I probably can tell from my accent from uh, the UK originally. I um, moved over to New Zealand back in 2008. Uh, so I'm a full citizen and all of that. Um, yeah, just I guess I'd always kind of felt a sort of kinship for New Zealand and um, when I first visited here back in uh, 1998 oh god I think then hang on <laughs> last century oh my gosh um, <laughs> I was like just totally blown away by how um, beautiful it is how clean the air is and all of those kind of things and um, yeah it's interesting to see such huge changes to the country actually um, even from when I first visited, when I first moved here, to where we are now, um, yeah, there's been quite a lot of um, quite a lot of differences, and yeah, it's been quite interesting to sort of see all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm um, so happy to be living here now. Uh, I've been vegan since um, year 2000. Um, I've been vegetarian since I was 15. Uh, my reason for going vegetarian was that I um, didn't want to kill animals. You know, I was like, why, why do I need to kill an animal in order for me to have a sandwich? You know, it's like, it just didn't make any sense to me. And, um, you know, back then there wasn't, there wasn't the internet. What is this? What? What do you mean no internet? But no, there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't any internet. So, um, you know, the information... Um, about veganism and plant-based and all of that just wasn't out there and also the products the products weren't out there you know if you wanted to go vegan back in the 80s like you were basically eating fruits veg grains mushrooms nuts seeds I mean it's still a huge amount of plant-based stuff but um, even things like soya milk you know all those dairy alternatives that we now just take for granted it's like oh yeah i'll just go and buy myself a a plant-based ice cream that's no problem i can go into uh the the 
BP petrol station and get a vegan pie. You know, certainly couldn't do that in the 80s. Vegan, what's that? You know, people didn't even know what vegan was back then. So, you know, um, so yeah, I did try it for like a month, but it was just really, it was really hard. And um, like, I, you know, I was a person that ate cereal in the mornings. And I'm like, what am I going to put on my cereal? You know, because the soy milk was just awful. It was just, there was one brand of soy milk and it genuinely tasted like flour and water paste. It was, it was quite oh, horrendous. So I actually ended up using orange juice um, because that's how bad it was. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I guess I kind of fell into just, just being vegetarian um, um vegans these days would be you know horrified at that um but uh you know there just wasn't there just wasn't the same variety of anything you know um of course we're back then we're still talking things were available seasonally you know you can buy cauliflower in in, in july and um <laughs> sorry jeff calling in the background <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be seen. <laughs> I live in a yurt. This is another thing that I do. I live in a yurt. So, um, there's no privacy in the yurt, and if someone needs to call around to the background, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> you guys are based on the west coast, is that right? Yes, yes. I live in Karamea. Um, which is, yeah, just at the top of the uh, South Island on the West Coast there. It's at the end of the Heafy track. Um, and so we do get quite a few um, people passing through. Um, and, yeah, plant-based not really a thing that's uh, happened to the cafes here, the one cafe here. Um, there's also a hotel that does food and a pub that does food. And the pub does, um, and the hotel do do some plant-based but um yeah i tend to eat where i am <laughs> but um yeah how did, come, how did you come to sit along the on the west coast uh well kind of a long-ish story so i'll try and make it short um i was living in um Harwier at the time uh, near wanaka and um i was living with my husband then and uh Basically, we uh, split up. He's like, oh, you know, let's let's call it a day. And I was like, yeah, all right then. And uh, I, I missed, I missed because we we come to um, Central Otago from Auckland, and like pretty much everywhere in Auckland, there's a beach, you know. Mm. And when I first come to New Zealand, we um, came to the Bay of Islands. So I was like, always oh, like, oh, but, and that was one of the things I loved about New Zealand: the beaches, the beaches, the beaches. You know, and then here I was stuck in central Otago for three years. And it's like, oh, there's no beach. The nearest beach is like a four-hour drive away, you know. Um, well, not quite, maybe two hours, two and a half hours out to Haas. But, you know, it's quite a long way to go for a, you know, day at the beach. Um, so, yeah, when we split up, I was like, right, this is my, this is my opportunity to go back to the beach. And uh, I was very fortunate in that um, friends had just bought a house here in Karamea. And um, I was like, oh, well, they haven't moved in yet. I was like, can I go and look after your house until you move in and blah, blah, blah. They were like, yeah, sh sure you can. And um, so I did that and just kind of stayed here and eventually um, bought a yurt with uh, money that my 
dad left me when he died and so yeah here I am living my off off grid dream basically yeah <laughs> that is so so cool that is so so cool what um what's it like living in the in the year is the weather pretty settled in, in Caribbean or is it does it uh, does it have to be a very well built yet to withstand any you know is it, is it typical west coast sort of rain that it has to to battle with or it's it's west coast weather so you know we get a, a fair amount of um massive rain squalls and storms and all of that i mean i'm currently up down a valley up down the valley um upper valley and um you know so we're kind of more sheltered from the coastal winds but um yeah you can still have some pretty crazy winds come through um i mean the earth itself is amazing you know it's just really solid um it's built on a um wooden platform uh so i've got a wood floor um the uh, itself is made of canvas and wood there's one steel cable that goes around the edge that um these um roof posts hook into um and so it goes up it takes only a few hours to put up four people can put it up in like three hours um the roof's quite the roof's the hardest bit because I got insulation as well, so that's quite heavy, and it's like, oh god, trying to put this stuff up on. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's quite a mission. <laughs> and is this there, is. Is there any way you can buy like the, the like a like a kit set yet to go and put up if you have the, the space to go and do it? I'll try and find a link to put in the in the. Yeah, show. that's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's exactly what I did. Um, I and this is this is actually the second place in Karamir that I've had the yurt. So um, originally um, I was going to live on my friend's land and then I found uh, another place to be just basically just in somebody's garden, essentially, you know. And um, so I was was there for a while until he sold the place. Uh, So I had to move. And of course, when you move house and you've got a yurt, you're literally moving house. Um, So I definitely remember very clearly because it was only... um, yeah, only a couple of months ago that we uh, relocated to to this um, this uh, site, and um, yeah, it's I mean it's the ultimate in low carbon living, really, and that's one of the reasons that I, I love about it. I've got my little fireplace that you can see there, so I just you know we just burn um, either go out and collect wood off the beach. Um, we can um, there's a place down the road where there's just a whole heap of sort of like dumped old wood. So have over this last winter was going there and collecting that, cutting it all up, you know, so it's, it's making use of stuff that's already around. Um, and that very much fits in with my um, preferred style of living to just be, you know, living with as small a footprint as possible on the earth. Um, so the plant-based living definitely is a huge part of that because um, you save 73% of your food emissions your food carbon emissions by eating plant-based. Now that's a huge amount. That's a huge amount. Given that you eat three times a day at least, and then if you're snacking and whatever else, you know. So, um, and I'd say always say every meal that you eat that is plant-based does a lot to reduce the uh, greenhouse gas emissions of the world. And of course, in Otira, um, you know, half of our um, emissions come from agriculture. You know, and the and the bulk of it is animal agriculture. 
you know all of practically all of the coal that is burned in New Zealand is drying milk to make into powder to sell abroad you know and it goes into it goes to the Chinese it goes to American fast food it goes in you know all these different you know if you read almost any processed food it'll have oh it contains whey solids this that and the other blah 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 and it's all essentially New Zealand dried milk so you know it's um definitely a big thing to um to go plant-based and really reduce you know um, your own personal carbon emissions and that's you know that's what we need because our Governments aren't making those moves. The oil companies aren't making those moves. I mean, I was campaigning for uh, against climate change since the 90s, you know, and um, here we are and it's got worse. <laughs> you know, Nothing's improved. It's just, you know, all of those things that we were saying would happen have happened and they are happening. And it's, you know, we're getting to this tipping point of, of runaway climate change and um, we really, really, really need to act. I mean, there's a um, couple of years ago, we had uh, UN scientists saying we had 10 years in which left to act, to actually stop this massive runaway climate change. The um, Amazonian rainforest is like that far away from the tipping point of swapping over and no longer being a rainforest, but actually heading into savannah. Now, you can't replace the Amazonian rainforest, you know, that's like, it's, we're still clear cutting it. Why are we doing that? Oh, it's so we can grow soybeans. Oh, it's those vegans. No, we're feeding those soybeans to beef cattle. What? That's madness. So, um, yeah, you know, any, t any time that you choose a plant-based um, food instead, you're doing your bet, you know, and, um, and we need more people to come on board and realize that actually you can make a difference. You know, what you eat makes a difference. What you drive makes a difference. Where you live makes a difference. All these things, all these choices that anybody makes in anything that they do with their lives makes a difference, you know? And so the way you live can really affect how we all live. One of the, one of the uh, it's kind of a, a crazy, um, I don't want to say silver lining, but, but one incredibly nice part about climate change, as horrible as it is, is that mm. it's actually something that you can make a difference towards. You know, as big as the problem is, I really believe that too, that, you know, you, you can't do a lot about mass shootings in America or, you know, abuse of, of Rohingya refugees and, you know, and, uh, and other parts of the world. And, but you can actually choose to eat less meat. You can do something that will directly help the cause for climate change. And, and so good to hear you say that, you know, I really believe in that too, that uh, it doesn't, you know, obviously for you and me, an ideal world would be everyone is vegan and doesn't eat animal, doesn't consume animal products. But but it also makes a difference if you just choose to have a vegetarian meal when you go out for dinner, you know, with your friends. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if that's just a one-off decision, that's okay. That's still helpful. That's still cool. And, and I still really want to encourage that. Um, so so every time you sit down to eat, you, you have a chance to, to, to make a small difference. And and uh, isn't that so cool to be able to, to, be able to do that? Definitely. <laughs> that's one of the things I really love about it as well it's like you know I know that um I am making a difference even if you know some people say oh but you know there's still x number of people that aren't and it's like well don't worry about them you don't have control over them yeah. you know what you do have control over is yourself what you eat and if you're going out there and you're buying the food for your family then you to an extent have control over that as well you know so yeah, we all we all have as much choice and control 
as we choose to take. And um, yeah, the more of us that uh, choose that 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 lower um, carbon living, then then the better, you know. I um, I used to be in that camp of people who, when I was younger, felt like you know one person doesn't make a difference, and mm. you know, what's the point in even voting, you know, in elections? You know, what 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 difference is my vote going to make, and what difference is it going to make if I don't eat chicken for a day? Um, and then the the book that changed that for me was Doing Good Better by Will McCaskill. You know, and, and from like a logic-based perspective, it really explains why it actually mm. does make a difference. Uh, mm. So, so for for those of you listening or watching, if, um, if if you feel yourself very much in that camp, like you you can't, you know, what what difference does one person make? I'd really encourage you to check that out, and I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. Um, yeah. But that, the other key message there is that you know the the country and the governments respond when enough individuals take take steps. Um, you know, the teachers don't get a pay rise unless they go on strike and go to parliament and turn up and, you know, and fight for it. And, you know, if enough people make the decision to eat a little bit less meat, then, then companies naturally change what they produce. Um, if, enough exactly. people, if, if enough people choose to stop using single-use plastic packaging and plastic bags, then, then governments respond. But, but by and large, you know, these bigger entities are, you know, a, a response-based <laughs> <laughs> organizations mm. so so you, you you can and should lead by example and and if enough of us make those choices it, it does really make a difference i i i fully agree with that as well you know I, it's it's you know i was a person that's like oh what's the point of me voting i mean especially in the uk when you you know you have the first past the post system so like oh, you know if I, if you live in a conservative um, I mean, there's no point there is no point in voting because they're just going to get in but in New Zealand you know it's, it's a different story you've got your party vote and all of that and yeah definitely uh, you know what did I see happening through not voting uh, well you know what right wing people always vote you know <laughs> so by by the left people not voting what you get is you get more and more right wing um, ideologies coming in and um, and that's, you know, to an extent, part of part of the problem. Not then saying that you can't be, you know, against climate change if you're a right wing thinker, but it does tend to be more of a left left wing bias uh, to be of that. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, everyone makes a difference. Ask a little mosquito. Ask yourself: Have you ever been in a room with one <laughs> mosquito? It makes a difference to your night's sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So the. Becoming, you know, getting involved with the Vegan Society must be part of that, you know, um, drive to help others make that change. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Tell us about how you became involved and, and, and what the Vegan Society is, is there to do. Um, well, essentially, we're here to um, provide advice, information, support to people interested in vegan veganism. So you don't have to be a vegan to be a member or to visit the site or anything like that. Just, you know, come along, have a look, see what info we've got. And um, like we do a 21 day easy vegan challenge. So maybe you're not quite ready to be fully vegan yet. Well, sign up to the challenge, get emailed a recipe every day, get emailed some tips, get emailed all these things about, you know, what things you can buy instead of your milk, instead of your meat, instead of your cheese, you know, where are these um, vegan alternatives? Well, you know, we can help you find those. Uh, and at the moment, we've also got a um, Facebook, 
Facebook group with uh, mentors to help you through that and, and get you through those difficult questions of, oh, am I going to eat enough protein? All of that kind of thing. I mean, you know, I've been vegan since uh, 20 years now and um, don't... I'm still here, not not appear to have died of protein deficiency. I haven't got osteoporosis. I don't have low B12. Um, you know, none of these none of these things are are a problem. And I don't I don't spend hours and hours thinking, oh my gosh, where am I going to get X, Y, and Z from? I just eat a variety of plants because all plants have protein. Um, where do the animals get their protein from? Oh, that's right, they eat plants. So actually, anything that lives on the planet essentially one way or another gets its food and nutrients from plants. So those are there for everyone. And um, I mean, if you want to look at plants, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And there's so much more variety in plants as well. You know, it's like, Oh, what do you eat to me? Oh, it's like, you know, a handful of animals. Oh, what do you eat for plants? Oh, well, actually, there's there's potatoes and there's courgettes and there's onions and there's this and there's that and there's like grains and nuts and seeds and mushrooms and you know, I mean, huge, huge variety and 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 you know, oh, I don't like vegetables. Are you sure? If you tried every single one, there's like thousands of them. <laughs> there's got to be something that you like <laughs> and also there's a, a a point about um getting your taste buds to adjust you know because yeah even the best creamiest soy milk does not taste like cow's milk i mean it can't taste like cow's milk because it's not you know it hasn't got those same proteins in them and what have you but um it tastes pretty nice so it's also about to an extent retraining your taste buds to um to accept these different flavors and to just try things out and a lot of people often say having tried some vegan food oh wow i didn't realize it could be this tasty yeah really because like you know i i like eating tasty food you know so i make sure when i when i make something that it tastes good um so yeah it's always possible and what what do most meat eaters do when they have their meat anyway well you put some plants on it to make it taste good you know you've had some rosemary or you put some basil on or you know or whatever or whatever it's like oh that's where the flavor lies actually and then you've got all this lab processed meats going happening just now as well and it's like you know we've got the whole thing of the planet not being able to support um animal agriculture at the current state that it is 75 billion animals that's a lot of animals that are killed every year for us to eat no wonder we haven't got any amazon rainforest left you know it's like as i said getting to that tipping point um what's your personal feel about the the lab lab grown meat and movements towards that sort of thing uh well it's people aren't going to stop eating meat not everyone's going to stop eating meat you know, there's so many people that are just like, oh, I like my meat, I like my meat, and, you know, that's fine. Um, but the planet cannot support nearly 8 billion of us eating that style of diet. And we, our bodies were never designed to eat the quantity of meat that we now eat, particularly in the Western civilization. You know, we just, you know, we, we, uh, our bodies grew up eating um, like maybe five kilograms a year, you know, now people would eat that 
I don't know, maybe in a week or something, some people, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's very, very different how, because food is so available now, because we're not using our energy to go and hunt it or go and grow it or gather it or whatever or whatever. You know, it's it's we've upended the balance of the world and we need, we need to bring back that balance. And um, we can't continue to eat in the way that we have been so yeah this this lab grown meat is a way forwards it is a way for people to eat meat that doesn't means that an animal isn't killed for it so you haven't got all of that land all of that water all of that suffering um you haven't got that time wasted with waiting for this animal to grow up you know is it's it can just be there sitting in its little nutrient broth plant-based nutrient broth <laughs> And there it grows into into animal cells that you can eat, and they taste exactly like that animal that you were eating anyway, because it is. It's just those animal cells. Um, so, I mean, I personally don't think that I would want to eat it because um, obviously being vegan for 20 years, the idea of eating anything flesh-like is just horrific to me. But... Um, Obviously, not everyone is in that position. And if you want to carry on eating meat, then definitely plant-based um, meat in that way, that cell culture line. Um, I mean, 10 years' time, that is going to be all that there is because, as I said, our plant literally cannot support it, cannot support that level of animal agriculture. We're already um, forcing our carbon emissions up to that massive amount there's the methane involved that's also driving that whole thing and um yeah i mean if we've only got less than 10 years on which to act and really bring those um those um parts per million down to i mean do you remember 350.org i mean you know we're at 415 now that was last time we were doing that was in the late triassic and guess what there wasn't any humans around it was just dinosaurs um we didn't have so much in the way of ice caps and you know it was a very very different world and so for people to say oh it's you know we've been here before it's like well humans haven't that's not the world we grew up in you know we grew up in a world that was much more oxygen rich um and um yeah it's it's craziness and it's kind of weird because I've been, I wrote a book and I was looking at my book and I was going, oh my gosh, all these things that I was talking about 20 years ago are happening now. It's like, oh my gosh. On, on the lab-grown meat subject, like when, when my wife and I first became plant-based, we were really into the sort of meat alternatives and we were trying all the, you know, all the things you could buy that were trying to be a you know, trying to be an alternative to chicken or an alternative to, to beef burgers or things like that. But as we've been gone further along this journey, we've realized that essentially, like you referenced before, there's so much fun to be had just eating plants and, and there's so much variety and so much mm. incredible food out there. And, and our, our we feel like we actually run better just on whole foods. So, mm. you know, we don't, it, it, predominantly all that stuff comes in single-use plastic packaging and so we find it's far easier to reduce our waste and have a really good diet just by focusing on chickpeas and black beans and all the various different kinds of rice you can buy. And, you know, we're, and we're gluten-free as well. So you, 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 some would call that even more restricting, but to us, there's still so much variety in terms of nuts and seeds and legumes and vegetables, of course, that you can, that you can eat that um, there's no shortage of, uh, of stuff out there to have fun with and try. 
absolutely and that's that's the thing that people kind of they get into their heads oh it's a restrictive diet it's like it's actually not you know that's the thing that a lot of meat eaters when they go vegan or go vegetarian or try something else they're like oh i didn't realize i'd be eating this variety of stuff and it's like yeah that's right <laughs> it's not just lettuce and tomatoes <laughs> nice big on that on that note one tip i'd say to people and i've said this to a few friends who tried out but you 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 just like your taste buds have to change a little bit you, you have to learn to eat a bit more too so a lot of the when you're eating vegetables and eating rice and stuff you your your portion size may have to go up you know when i before i switched to a plant-based diet my view on vegan food was always oh i can eat it and it tastes okay but i never feel full you know i never feel satisfied it's always leaves me wanting something more but what i was probably doing incorrectly was not actually eating enough uh, mm. and and yeah i at the risk of giving dietary advice, you know, you don't really have to worry so much about portion control when you eat vegetables because you're—it's—it's—you it's, can eat as much as you want, and you're—you're you're very unlikely to have you know negative health consequences from eating too much broccoli. But you do need to eat enough to feel to feel satisfied, um, and and so you need to make yourself a big big plate of salad and get amongst it, or a big plate of roasted vegetables and, and get stuck in. Um, don't be shy. Yeah, make a lot. Make a lot, absolutely, absolutely. And just, you know, yeah. And if you eat enough calories, then you're almost certainly going to get enough protein, mm. you know? Unless you're literally just eating, you know, sausage sandwiches or something. <laughs> eat a variety of plants. Eat a lot of them. You will be getting all the nutrients that you need, you know, because all of these, right, this is the other thing. Oh, it's not a complete protein. It's not complete. Everyone gets it in this fixed idea in their head of a complete protein. So what? So what? You just, if you eat a variety, you're going to get all those different amino acids. And what does your body do with any protein that it takes in? It breaks it down into those amino acid building blocks. I mean, I did a pharmacology degree. I know this stuff. You know, I, did, I studied biochemistry, physiology, all of that. So, um, you know, and it builds it back up again. So it doesn't matter where you get those amino acids from. It doesn't matter what your protein source is. The body will break it down and make it up into what it wants. So, as I said, as long as you're eating a variety of stuff and you're not just having, you know, beans on toast <laughs> then you're going to get you're going to get uh, everything that you need on that note you know we i was going to say like we so i have uh two kids in our family so it's me myself my wife and our two kids we've got a, a three-year-old and a nearly one-year-old girl and you know we get blood tested regularly and all our blood tests come up fine we're getting perfect amounts of iron and b12 and everything you could you could possibly want um and the, and the two kids are thriving and they've never eaten meat and if they want to eat meat when they're older, that's cool. You know, we're not going to force it on them, but, but you know, we're, we live in a plant-based house. And, and so, um, you know, while we've found that, you know, we were a little bit nervous at the start, basically because of like societal kind of influences, we've found it that we're all thriving and doing really, really well. Um, not only that, for me personally, becoming plant-based has uh you know caused a number of really positive health changes um mm. which i can go into but I was, one of the questions i was going to ask you was you know what sort of transformations you've seen from people you've either worked with or met um as a result of of a plant-based diet because with 
talked a, 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 about the sort of climate aspect of it, which is so, so important and probably the number one driver for me. We talked a little bit about the sort of animal ethical side, which we can get into too, but there's also the, the personal health um, aspect of, of how, you know, it can, it can fix some ongoing degenerative problems uh, when, you, when you remove animal products from your diet. Mm. Well, I mean, most, most famously things like um, ischemic heart disease, um, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, um, gout, all these things are sort of uh, diseases of a protein-rich diet. And actually what many people in the West suffer from is too much protein, not, en- not, not enough. So um, a plant-based diet can help fix that because you're not going to get this like big, massive protein boost out of your steak, you know, because you're not doing that. You, you're taking smaller, more manageable quantities that actually your body was designed to have. As I said, when uh, when we were evolving, we evolved as plant plant eaters. You know, we can tell that from our intestines, the length of our intestines. We can tell that from the fact that we don't have big, sharp canine teeth. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna get anything. Don't have big claws. Not, you know, I don't think I could take down a cow. You know, I mean, we had we had to evolve tools and we had to evolve fire in order to eat animals um, and and get gain any sensible nutrition from them. Um, so, you know, we we did evolve as plant eaters, um, and and a, a lot of the diseases that people have is because of uh, excessive consumption of animal products. Um, I mean, for me personally, when I first um, went vegan, I found um, like I used to have real problems with um, period pains and um, I had endometriosis as it turned out and dropping the dairy really made a huge difference to that like my my pains lessened they were dealable with painkillers that hadn't been before um, and it didn't last as long it was two days of agony in bed literally can't move you know, and and then it was like, oh yeah, I can pop some paracetamol and still get up and do things. You know, it was <laughs> unreal the difference. So um, yeah, definitely hormonal issues can be um, relieved um, through not having those those animal products in your diet um, because they are, you know, full of full of hormones. Not not only the the animals' actual natural hormones, but a lot of them, particularly the dairy cow, is given hormones to keep her producing the milk so that you can drink it instead of her calf drinking it, all of that kind of thing. So, um, and the and the antibiotics that the animals are given. I mean, we're again we're we're that far worldwide of being at a point where antibiotics aren't going to work anymore. Why is that? Oh, because we flooded we flooded our food supply with antibiotics because they're being kept in these cramped conditions. And so they need the antibiotics to stop them getting ill, stop them getting diseases. And also it actually helps them grow quicker as well. So, hey, it's a win-win situation for the animal agriculture industry. Um, But unfortunately, it has that negative impact on our health. Um, And that's something that people often don't really consider as well. Um, so yeah, definitely for your health that you could, you know, your, my, my heart will not, not be full of little fatty scaly bits all around those, those blood vessels that will be open. It'll be free. You know, the blood will be flowing exactly as it should be wherever it goes. And my heart's not struggling to pump it through these narrowed arteries. 
you know so um and that's 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 a huge thing as well and and like i said all these you know things are are preventable just by changing your diet mm. and yet people would say that you're extreme for eating a plant-based diet no you're extreme because you're having a triple heart bypass because you eat loads of steak all the time you know it's 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 a no-brainer for me <laughs> yeah i went from being a you know um kind of body image obsessed meditarian when i was younger you know where i was I'd always been quite a, a, a skinny person, and I thought, you know, I needed to put on lots of muscle as a, as a, as a you know, mm. be a manly man. And, and uh, so I used to just consume a, a crap ton of meat, thinking that was the answer. And then, uh, you know, the shades were lifted, the sort of veil of awareness was 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 raised, and and you just realise how how stupid that was. Um, and you know, and switching to a plant based diet fixed a number of health issues. You know, like small ones, like I used to wake up in the morning and cough up phlegm was the very first thing I did every morning to clear my throat and this disgusting green phlegm would come up and I did that every day for 20 years and and then you know switching to a plant-based diet they just it's gone it's completely completely removed um soft tissue injuries I used to get all the time from going to the gym or just exercising just do not really happen anymore um mm. things like hay fever have disappeared weirdly you know like stuff I did not expect to um, to happen, I, I essentially don't get hay fever anymore when it used to be a really chronic problem. Um, skin issues like eczema have gone away by way of not having dairy and, and not even realizing that you were necessarily, that I was probably a little bit intolerant to this stuff like most people until you actually remove it and say, ah, okay, <laughs> there's actually a bit of a connection there. Um, mm. and, and just general energy and, and well-being throughout the day mm. as well have, have been improved and um, you know, digestion being, you know, regular and all this sort of stuff. Like if, you know, I, I guess the message I'd say to people is if you've got any sort of chronic low-level ailment that's just something you've kind of learned to live with, what have you got to lose by trying, you know, a plant-based diet for a month or two and just seeing if it, if it helps? Like what's the, the only bad thing that's going to come out of it if it doesn't help is that you've eaten a, a few more vegetables, you know, for those <laughs> few weeks. You're, you're certainly... Um, not going to, as you, as you say, end up with osteoporosis or broken bones or, you know, um, terribly low levels of vitamin D or anything. Absolutely. And exa exactly that, because, because it's something that you've eaten all your life. Like, I grew up in a meat and dairy eating family. You know, my parents thought I was completely crazy. What do you mean going vegetarian? What do you mean going vegan? What do you mean? You know, they're just quite frankly still can't understand it but you know <laughs> um yeah it, it, you can not realize what effect it is having on you until you stop taking it and then when you stop taking it you're like oh hang on this that and the others all cleared up and those things that you mentioned asthma and eczema um and hay fever they're actually all well well known to be um from from eating dairy or eating too much dairy it's um you know it's all very much connected to your immune system and uh yeah it, too much of it can essentially clog it up that phlegm that you were talking about that was almost certainly from from dairy so um so yeah as you said what have you got to lose oh some fat some saturated fat in your diet they won't have that anymore oh. and and uh, you know you may find all sorts of uh, really good knock-on effects like you've lost some weight you've gained more energy your skin's cleared up some of these allergies have gone away 
some you know you've got improved energy just yeah all sorts of things yeah it's kind of this this yeah. it's this triple benefit you know the and, and um there's the financial aspect as well which we haven't even touched on you know the reference in the green protein report you know how um one study showed and, and, and when it was transferred to new zealand that you could save i think it was 730 dollars a year you know by switching to a plant-based diet so there's money to be saved by by just literally not needing to buy meat um, you save all the packaging that the meat comes in. You can reduce your carbon emissions by uh, 73%, you were saying, um, earlier on. And, and nothing has to die for you to eat lunch, like you referenced at the start. You know, you don't, no one has to die for, for, for you to eat your sandwich. Um, I, one point I was going to touch on here, so if someone's giving it a go, mm. I think there's still a big uh, barrier to trying this stuff, which is the people around you. You know, and mm-hmm. I know that uh, for, for for us, that's been a challenge, and, uh, and we've got quite supportive families. So, um, you know, a lot of people would have it a lot, a lot, a lot tougher than us. Um, when you were fifteen, becoming vegetarian, you know, in, in a completely different world than what we have now. Like, a, where did you go for any sort of support or role models, or and b, sort of, what would you suggest for anyone who wants to give it a go now, but is sort of really understandably nervous about? telling anybody else oh, i'm i'm eating less meat right now or i'm trying a plant-based diet you know they're nervous they're going to get ridiculed or get um or or get grief from from someone about it um i mean that's a really important point i'm glad you brought that up actually because yeah when i was 15 there wasn't anything bottom line i didn't know any other vegetarians i didn't my family certainly, as I said, first thing my mum said was like, well, you'll be doing your own cooking. I'm not cooking two meals. You know, <laughs> very first thing she said. Um, and, and that was fine. I didn't mind cooking my own food. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it could be hard. It was hard back then. It was, as I said, it, I, found, I found it impossible. Um, I eventually went back to eating eggs and dairy. Um, still didn't eat animals. And, again... At that point, from there was a lack of education on my part, not understanding that um, boy calves were still killed for milk, that all the um, male chicks were killed for eggs. Uh, well, not for eggs because they can't <laughs> produce eggs, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, there was that those hidden deaths that I didn't realise were there. Uh, and then when I did become aware of that, um, that together with the fact that there was finally a decent soy milk um, really helped me to make that that change and and keep with it and stick with it. Um, whereas these days, yeah, you've got so much support. You've got Facebook groups. I mean, that's one of the first things I would kind of say is join a friendly Facebook, vegan Facebook group or vegan and vegetarian Facebook group. You know, there will be one in your area. You can ask the people there, oh, I'm new to this. What can I do? How can I try it? Challenge 22, they do a similar thing. It's a worldwide um, vegan challenge. They give you 22 days. Um, And again, it's a Facebook group-based thing. You get mentorship. You get dietitians on there. Um, You know, you've got all the help and support available now. You've got the internet now. You're not sure. Oh, just Google a recipe. I mean, you can veganize any recipe. What's your favorite thing? Oh, I love, I love lasagna. I couldn't stop eating lasagna. Oh, Google vegan lasagna. There'll be a hundred recipes of vegan lasagna. You know, it's, it's just 
unbelievable. The amount of there's actually more variety, I would say, in the veganization of traditional meat and dairy dishes um, than you could ever get in the actual meat and dairy dishes themselves. You know, so um, yeah, don't be afraid of it. Give it, give it a whirl, and um, you know, if you're stuck, then yeah, okay, have beans on toast. You know, there's, you don't have to make it really super complicated either. There's some really simple things. Eat an apple, have a banana. You know, these things are vegan already. You know, people do tend to try and overcomplicate it sometimes. It's like, it's not that difficult. You know, I honestly don't pay too much attention to what it is that I'm eating. I don't think, oh, have I met my calcium requirements for today? You know, and whatever. I don't, I don't think like that. I, you know, I mean, partly because I've been doing it for so long anyway, I guess, but I would always say eat a rainbow of food, you know, so eat, eat from all of those different colors. And if you're eating something that's red, something that's orange, something that's yellow, something that's green and, um, okay, your purple's Call them mushrooms if you like. Um, <laughs> you know, if you manage to eat those those kind of things, then um, and eat a variety, and you will be getting everything that you need. And um, yeah, just just give it a go. Talk to people. There's so many more veg- vegetarians and vegans these days than there was back then. Like I said, I I didn't know anybody, so it was it was it was really hard. But um, nowadays, you you know, I mean, I. I can't bump into anybody without them saying that they know a vegan or their, you know, their son's vegan, their daughter and sons, their neighbors tried it, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and back then that wasn't the case, you know, but now, now it is. So yeah, the support is there. And if you're not getting it from your friends and family, then that's fine. Move on, find other, other people that will support you in that journey. And, um, you know, why, why do people get so upset about, what it is that you're eating anyway oh so you've changed what you're going to eat oh you know so what (laughs) it's your life it's your life so um yeah and that's that's another thing too why do you think people do get so um is it a defense mechanism you know in terms of why do people get upset about what what you're choosing to put in your own body it's it's this cognitive dissonance thing you know it's the speciesism it's um all of these things it's it's tradition it's you know it's like oh well i've we've always done it this way uh, and and yeah and that's that's part of the problem we've always done things a certain way and you know when we're now eight billion people on the planet we cannot continue to live as if there was only two billion of us you know back i mean if, even when i was as I said, this book that I started writing in 2004, like I was going in, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to read, because there were six billion people on the planet then. Six billion, that is eight. Oh my gosh, in such a short time. It's just, you know, and there's so many of us, we're changing the face, we are literally changing the face of the planet very quickly, very hugely. Our um, activities are now get got to the point where we do have this effect and and you know people used to think oh we you know we're too small we can't as you said we can't change anything it's like well we not only can we do we are and it is you know and that's that's one of the reasons why we um brought in our petition to ask the government to help um farmers who want to diversify from their um dairy and beef cattle 
people and want to grow more plants, but they're not quite sure how to do it. Oh, it seems like a really big thing to do. You've just invested in this, you know, huge pipeline irrigator. I've got a, you know, another 20 years of daring before I put that payment aside and all of that. It's like, well, no, let's, we don't have 20 years of daring left. You know, we literally do not have that time. You know, the, the, uh, you know, your children are going to be growing up in a very different world, already a very different world from the world that I first became vegetarian in. I mean, it's like, you know, 40 years difference in that. And it's like, oh, man. no, no. <laughs> so things need to happen. And it doesn't need more than just individuals changing. We do need government support. We do need corporate support. We do need everyone working together on this because it's a global problem. And that's where the is it that largely where the green protein report came from. You know the drive to put that together. Exactly, exactly. It's like well, everyone's like, oh well, you know, it doesn't really cause that much problem, does it? And oh, you know, our animal welfare laws are good; nobody suffers. It's like, well, actually, that's not quite true. Actually, there's a certain amount of. Um, things that do happen that aren't right. You know, we've still got pigs in farrowing cages. I mean, you know, a pig is a really intelligent creature. They're smarter than dogs. They like playing video games. Um, you know, they're, they're beautiful, intelligent creatures. And yet these poor mothers are put into these tiny crates that they can't move and they spend their entire lives in them. How would you feel if that was you? You, you know, just you wouldn't do that to a dog. Why are you doing it to a pig? You know, and just these kinds of things. It's just, it's just horrific. It's horrific how we treat animals in the animal agriculture. And you can be as, as, nice, as nice as pie to your animals all you like. But, you know, especially the dairy cows, you're stealing their babies from them. You know, how can you, you know, that milk that you're using for your coffee and eating cheese and, you know, there was a baby animal that was supposed to have that milk. Mm. Now, equally the this 75 billion animals we can't we can't keep them on forever but equally we're not going to get a vegan world overnight so why have we got these 75 billion animals in the first place because we've bred that many you know the meat industry has said oh we need this demand demand is there that's why we've got that many animals that's why it's all happening the way it is and that's why we need to decrease and reduce so that um, we're not putting our planet under so much pressure. You know, the 83% um, of the global farmland is devoted to feeding animals, and we only get 18% of the global calories from them. Mm. That's insane. That's not sustainable. It, 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 you know, we've got, we've got to that point. We've got to that point where we have to change. Eight billion people cannot be fed on meat. Just yeah. not going to happen. Uh, to give people some uh, like a reference point, my, it's my understanding that in, as a country in New Zealand, we slaughter around 2.2 million bobby calves per year. So, so that's just bobby calves. That's just the the the, the oh, male male calves, yeah, male calves of these uh, you know dairy cows and other cows that that are no use. So they are taken away, um, separated straight away. Um, and, and so it's good to talk through this because we haven't really touched on too much the sort of ethical side of, you know, following a plant-based diet. But, and, and, you know, I'd bring it up largely because for me it was this, I guess, cognitive dissonance as well where I didn't even think about that for, for 32 years of my life. It just didn't, it, I didn't connect those dots. Um, mm. or, or maybe I just 
subconsciously pushed it out of my mind uh, and, and told myself that, like you're referencing, you know, it's normal, it's natural, and it's necessary to eat meat. But there is a lot of suffering that goes into to, to our morning coffees. Um, 2.2 million Bobby carbs a year, that's, that's you know, that's 6,000 a day. It's just a ridiculously crazy number to ponder. Um, it, it just mind-blowing. Uh, so, you know, I'd encourage people to, to not shy away from learning and reading more about this stuff. It, it's, I know for me, coming from someone who follows a plant-based diet, it's not, it, it, it's not, I don't spread this information as, as a point of judgment or anything like that because I was the opposite for, for 32 years. It's, it's just a, hey, I've become aware of this information. I think everyone should know this and understand what goes into their food. Whatever you decide to do with that information is your choice, but, but you should know what's behind it. Exactly. And this, this is the thing. They've, they've, they've purposely, you know, keep it under wraps, you know. And in other countries now, it's against the law to film inside uh, a farm. It's against the law to film. And it's like, well, why is that then? If, you, if you're being so nice and kind to the animals, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, the, so clearly there is one. You know, clearly there is one. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't have to go to such ex- extreme lengths. And well, yeah. um, you know, Paul McCartney very famously said, "If slaughterhouses had glass walls, everyone would be vegetarian." <laughs> That's almost certainly true. The meat, you know, the slaughterhouse industry goes through people quite quickly because it's pretty hard to be killing animals every day of your life. And seeing their fear, seeing them crying, seeing them not wanting to die. No animal walks willingly into the slaughterhouse, you know? They, they would rather be alive. They would almost certainly rather have not been brought into life just to die in that manner. You know, I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> because that's all you're going to do to me. Just don't even make me alive in the first place. Seriously. You know, so why are we doing it to so many creatures? It's, you know, there's that. no need. That's so, that's so key. Yeah, so it's such a good way to put it. If all slaughterhouses had glass walls, we'd all be, we'd all be vegetarian. Um, Claire, <laughs> Claire, I'm mindful that you're, 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 you're uh, um, mindful of your time and, and want to be respectful of that. I thought maybe just one, uh, there's so many things we could, we could talk about and so many questions I'd love I to ask you. I believe it's been an hour already. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's like, Taught, spoken that much and <laughs> <laughs> the, um, if I thinking maybe a, a nice way to to tie all this off for now and maybe we can do a round two later would be uh, to ask you know what what is your ideal future world look like um definitely something more permaculture you know we've got a lot of monoculture out there and that's not helpful to the planet either the permaculture um, is like so multiple crops and one small location rather than rather than a massive field of broccoli or yep. soy or corn or whatever it might be. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you look at vineyards, it's just like rows upon rows upon rows upon hectares and hectares and hectares of just grapes. I mean, I love wine, but is that really any good for the soil and for everything else, you know, and how much inputs have to go into that? So with more of a permaculture approach, and a lot of people think that means you've got to have animal inputs. It's not so much that it's a case of if you have those animals then make use of their inputs um but i mean like i have a compost toilet outside my yurt um and that 
will literally go into my compost and I will literally be growing next year's vegetables with the results of last year's vegetables if you like and I really like that idea you know what goes around comes around you know it goes in one end and comes out the other and goes back in again and you're putting those inputs back into the system so we need to rebuild our soils um, we need to um, not rely on animals anything like as much as we are doing um, we need to be much more plant-based um, and you know by cutting out all those ruminants we're going to drop our methane levels um, by growing more plants, we're going to increase our oxygen levels. Um, all our medicine, all our medicine comes from plants, you know, essentially down the line. Um, so they are really the most life-giving um, beings on our planet and ones that we just give no regard to whatsoever. I mean, we give very little regard to um, the animal lives. We give almost zero regard to the plant life. And um, yeah, I, I, I would love to see a world where People live much more organically, um, you know, in perhaps smaller communities, places where you've got um, community gardens happening, where um, the food is all around you and you literally could just walk down the street picking an apple off the tree here and eating a bit of um, borage flowers, uh, nasturtiums or whatever you find growing along the verges and, and just, you know, not not polluting so much, not pouring all these chemicals on the land, you know. We've really got to get back to that much more organic way of living, putting our plant matter back on the land, building up that hummus. Um, yeah, just reducing, reducing our needs, you know. We've got so much, you know, we were living in this push-button society. You know, you push a button, you get it instantly, you know. And we've become very, very used to that. Um, so we've got to kind of move more away from that and be much more kind of seasonal and just think a little bit more about our impacts. Um, yeah. So yeah, much more public transport, much more, um, bicycle friendly roads. Uh, yeah, let's make, let's make the planet for the humans and the life on the planet and not for the profits and the shareholders and the, you know the elite one percent you know let's let's make it a planet for everyone that sounds darn good to me that sounds darn good to me <laughs> claire thank you so much for for joining us and for sharing all your knowledge and experience and and uh, and thoughts it's been a real pleasure and uh and i'm sure our listeners have enjoyed that too so thanks again no worries thank you andrew